ayah number 35 says بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم الله نور السماوات والأرض مثل نوره كمشكات فيها مصباح المصباح في زجاجة الزجاجة كأنها كوكب دري يوقد من شجرة شجرة مباركة زيتونة لا شرقية ولا غربية يكاد زيتها يضيء ولو لم تمسسه نار نور على نور يهدي الله لنوره من يشاء ويضرب الله الأمثال للناس والله بكل شيء عليم The translation of this is Allah is the light of the heavens and earth His light is like this in other translation, you will find the parable of his light is, or the example of his light. So Allah is saying the parable of his light. His light is like this. There is a niche, and in it, a lamp. The lamp is inside a glass. A glass like a glittering star, fueled from a blessed olive tree from neither east nor west, whose oil almost gives light even when no fire touches it. Light upon light. God guides whoever he will to his light. God draws such comparisons for people. God has full knowledge over everything, or knowledge of everything. Before we start reflecting, we need to emphasize that this is not tafsir. Tafsir has principles of tafsir. And the tafsir will just explain to you the words and explain to you the meaning if it's clear enough. And that's why when you go to the books of tafsir, you don't really find much written about this verse. Because the verse is like loaded with secrets. And the, se the more you find it's in the verse a little bit vague or loaded with like there are secrets behind it, you need to... to Utilize your intellect and start exploring. Try. So tadabbur is trying to explore the wisdom in the words of the Quran. So it is something that is done by the mind and the heart at the same time. It needs a lot of thinking. And it can be right or wrong. But the issue is, even if your tadabbur is not the right meaning or the right secrets in the verse, there is no harm because the tadabbur should not be a source of any halal and haram, any ahkam. So through the tadabbur, we don't say something is halal or haram. This is something else. Halal and haram has its own principles called the principles of fiqh, in which the scholars do extrapolation and tell us, according to these verses from the Quran, and these hadith of the Prophet, and the analogy, and, 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 this is the hukm, halal or haram. But through the tadabbur, we don't get halal or haram. We're just trying to explore, trying to decode the messages in the verses. Let's now reflect upon this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah... نور السماوات والأرض 
God is the light of the heavens and the earth. And this is, of course, that was like a big problem for the people who are doing tafsir because what? No one knows the nature of Allah. Allah does not, it's not even allowed to think about him, about his own nature. Because anything that your mind will imagine, he is beyond. Anything your mind will imagine, he's different from. So Allah here is describing himself as the light of the heavens and the earth. So here I have to reflect upon the word light itself. What is light? When light exists, we can see. But when there is no light, we cannot see. But we cannot see the light itself. Can you see the light now? You cannot see the light. But without the light, you cannot see. So Allah says that he himself is the light of the heavens and the earth. So by Allah we see the truth. Without him, you cannot see the truth. And there are many people who don't know Allah and they are doing good things, but they don't see the truth. This is one thing. Actually, Lady Aisha asked Prophet Muhammad وسلم, when he returned back from the Isra, from the ascendance, Isra and Mi'raj. She asked him, Did you see your Lord? He said, he is light. How can I see him? Which, which emphasizes what I'm telling you. You cannot see the light. But without the light, you cannot see. Who among us right now can not see, even with the existence of light, the one who shuts his eyes, the one who forces on himself that he doesn't see. So Allah exists. But some people with the existence of Allah, still they shut their eyes because they don't want the light. And they don't want to see the truth. That's why in my, in my deep inside I believe that atheism, which is uh, to, to believe that there is no God at all, that it is impossible to have a God, is a psychological problem. It's, it's not something that has to do anything with uh, intellect or the way of thinking at all. It is psychological. And that's why when the Kufar told Malik, the angel who is responsible for Jahannam, they said, oh Malik, Malik the, the angel, huh? let your God, let your Lord kill us, finish us, we want to die in Jahannam. They cannot, they, they can't bear the torture, the torment. So they asked Malik, the angel, to ask Allah to kill the people in Jahannam. And the angel said, tells them, لَقَدْ جِئْنَاكُمْ بِالْحَقِّ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَكُمْ لِلْحَقِّ كَارِهُونَ You are staying because we came to you with the truth, but you did not, he didn't say, but you didn't understand. 
He said, but you hated it. You hated the truth. It's not about understanding, believe me. It's about hating the truth. From this, few, these few words in the beginning of the ayah, the message to my heart is, open your eyes. Open your eyes in order to see the truth from falsehood. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. The message here is, open your eyes. Because with the light of Allah, you can see good from bad, and good from evil, and truth from falsehood. Actually, when you see here, this verse is number 35, Allah did not start the surah with it, even though the surah is called Surah An-Nur. But it starts with what? Ahkam, laws, punishments. Allah spoke before this ayah about sins, <coughs> very awful sins like zina, uh, adultery, fornication, slandering chaste women. Uh, he spoke about the punishments of every one of these uh, sins and crimes and he spoke about due process how to have the right uh, uh, um, due process when you are uh, prosecuting a criminal the number of witnesses and and these issues Allah even spoke about the types of people when he spoke about the slander he spoke about the types of people there are mu'mineen there are people who are able to shut up the slanderers and there are people who are weak and there are people who are uh, hypocrites. So Allah spoke about the types of people also. And then Allah spoke about etiquettes. Etiquettes of entering houses, etiquettes of entering public places without permission and so on. And then Allah spoke about the human struggle against uh, poverty, about freeing slaves, about emancipation, about exploitation. When Allah spoke about the, the, those who forced their girls to work as prostitutes, that was exploitation. When Allah spoke about those who asked their masters to write for them an agreement, here it's a struggle against racism and against uh, uh, slavery. When Allah spoke about the uh, uh, marrying young people, even if they are uh, poor, he is speaking about the struggle against poverty. So after all these things, Allah brought this verse to us. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. So after all these things, when the verse speaks about the light, one feels like, oh, I really needed this. I really need to wash myself. After 34 verses, talking about rulings and laws and punishments and due process, Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. It's like washing yourself. You, the universe itself is getting washed with this light, the light of Allah. Light is so important. When someone is traveling, 
from one city to the other, and there is no light in the road. He really needs the light of the car because there is a lot of curves and pits and stuff like that. He really needs the light so much. If the lights go off, definitely there will be an accident. We are travelers, brothers, traveling back to Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We belong to Allah and to him we are returning. So we are in this life traveling back to Allah. Without the light, the accident will definitely happen. So we really need Allah in our life in order to see in this journey back to him or we won't reach our destination. See the Prophet ﷺ, when people like uh, stifled him from every place and they like rejected him here, stoned him in Attaif, and what did he do? He sat down and he cried and he said, "A'udhu binuri I seek refuge with the light of your face which lightened or shined upon, or lightened all the darknesses. He's seeking the light. So here in this life, we seek the light. Light helps you see, which means light gives you the vision. Those who do not have the light of Allah do not have the vision. Why would anyone steal? Because he doesn't have the right vision. He thinks that money is the most important. But another one doesn't steal because he knows that money is not the most important. Baraka is more important than money. So I can have money and from haram and feed it to my children. And then Allah brings disasters to our life. So with the light of Allah, you will have the right vision. Without the light of Allah, you will not have the right vision. And that's what makes people sin is that they do not have the right vision. Some people are very smart, but they don't know how to think. This is something very important. There's a very subtle difference between thinking and smartness or intelligence. Some people can be extremely intelligent, but they don't know how to think. This intelligence gets them to jail because they use this intelligence to rob a bank and put a good plan, you see? But they don't know how to think. So, Intelligence is like a car, and thinking is like driving. You can have a very strong car, but you're not a good driver. It can lead you. This strong car can lead you to your death, to your destruction. But if you have moderate intelligence, not all of us are very intelligent. If you know how to drive, if you know how to think, this moderate intelligence can get you whatever you want. And this is by the light of Allah. So you just have to bring this or seek this light of Allah in your life. So Allah here, when he says Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth, this is so important. So here Allah did not leave us like that. He said, مَثَلُنُورِهِ the example of his light or the parable of his light, which means this is so important to understand. So he's further explaining to us. The parable of his light is like this. There's a niche. You know what's a niche? It is like a cavity in the wall. 
when people used to have lamps lit by oil in order to uh, use for uh, um, uh, for lightning uh, for lighting i mean they used to put it inside cavities which called niche so that the the air currents don't put the lamp off so they make a cavity in the wall this is niche and then a lamp and the lamp allah says is enclosed in a glass and the glass is like a shooting star so subhanallah allah talks about something extremely important the light of allah so he started to give you an example a niche a lamp and the lamp is in a glass but don't think that we're talking about something small get out of the box just the glass is like a shooting star and then he says lit from a blessed tree what is lit from a blessed tree? A star no the lamp back again to the small example see the beauty of the quran and the eloquence of the quran again a niche in it there's a lamp the lamp is enclosed in a glass the glass is like a shooting star a glittering star lit from a blessed tree again talking about the lamp <clears throat> so here we need to reflect a little bit we have many things to reflect upon we have a niche what is the niche the cavity something that protects from air currents we have a lamp something that illuminates we have a glass and the glasses can be different we can, can have uh, a colored glass i can have a uh, transparent glass or a non-transparent glass and every one of these types of glass can give you a different effect to the light we have a niche we have a lamp we have a glass we have a glittering star and we have oil of an olive tree and we have the olive tree itself we need to reflect about these things me and another friend actually reflected upon this ayah we looked at the verses that preceded this ayah we found that the first 10 11 verses are about laws sharia the second 10 11 verses are about types of people believers weak believers uh, hypocrites the third part which is the the third 10 11 verses are about etiquettes of entering houses public places things like that so we thought that maybe the first 10 or the laws or the sharia of allah is the niche that protects the lamp the lamp will be people the human being who can be a good lamp or a broken lamp a hypocrite or a believer and he is enclosed with etiquettes that can make him shine and the etiquettes can differ from one to the other but the etiquettes of allah that allah gives us is the best 
But this lamp, this human being, is lit from an olive tree. And this olive tree is neither in the east nor in the west. If the lamp is the human being, then what tree is giving this fuel to the human being? We really thought a lot. Olive tree. Wow. Why olive? Okay, let's see where else there is olive in the Quran. We found that there is a verse in the Quran that says, وَالتِّينِ وَالزَّيْتُونِ وَطُورِ سِينِينِ وَهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينِ Allah is swearing by the fig, fig tree and the olive tree. Or the fig and the olive. And then Allah next says, وَطُورِ سِينِينِ And the Mount of Sinai, وَهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينِ And this blessed uh, uh, city which is Mecca fig olive Mount of Sinai where the Torah descended on Moses Mecca where the Quran descended on Muhammad what is teen teen in the Israelite traditions stands for the Israelite Ummah. And if you go to the book of the Christians, you find that the story that Jesus was walking with the disciples, he found a fig tree. He wanted to eat. He didn't find any fruits. He cursed the tree and the tree just went dry immediately momentarily and even his disciple says wow he cursed the tree and the tree just dried immediately in the quran there is a verse that says that the those who committed kufr from among the sons of israel were uh, cursed by Dawood, david and jesus son of mary so if the fig is the Israelite Ummah, then the olive will be the Muslim Ummah. This is our tadabbur. So the human being, the Muslim, has always to be connected with his Ummah. Cannot work alone. He needs the niche, the laws, the halal and haram. He needs the oil, the fuel being connected to his ummah, and he needs the etiquettes, which is the gloss. And this, listen to this, this olive tree, Allah says it's what? Neither in the east nor in the west. Allah said in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا This is how I made you a middle nation. Allah made this ummah a middle nation. And in this verse, this olive tree is neither in the east nor in the west. You know where is this in Surah Al-Baqarah? It is the verse number 143, exactly in the middle of Surah Al-Baqarah. 286 verses divided by 2, 143, exactly in the middle. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا 
I have made you a middle nation, a moderate nation. It is very, very easy to be extreme. And it's very difficult to be always moderate, either extreme to the right or extreme to the left. But the challenge that is facing every Muslim is to keep himself always modest and moderate in the middle. And then Allah says, Nurun ala nur, light upon light. The light of the lamp with the light maybe of the shara'ah, sharia, the laws, maybe the light of the etiquettes, or the light of what? I believe of the ummah. So there is light coming from the human being, from every Muslim, and there is oil, which Allah described that it is oil that is about to ignite without any fire touching it. It is being fed by the ummah. So a human being really needs the to be always connected with his ummah, cannot work individually. This is not a religion of individuals, I'm telling you. Even when you pray individually, you speak in a plural tense. You alone we worship and you alone we turn forever. You don't say, You alone I worship and you alone I turn forever. Someone would say, yeah, because this is Quran, I cannot change the Quran. Allah could have made an instruction like that, that when you pray individually, speak in, a, uh, in, a, in an individual tense. Say, but he didn't. You pray in circles around the Kaaba, and the circles around the Kaaba keep widening, 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 until they spread all over the earth. Tonight, when we prayed here, Maghrib, we were maybe like 30, 40 Rows, these are not 30 or 40 straight lines. These were not straight lines. These are 30 or 40 sectors of 30 or 40 circles around the Kaaba. So even when you pray individually at home, you are in a circle. So you're not alone. There are other brothers and sisters praying with you in that circle. It's true that they are not just next to you, but maybe on a boat or a mountain, maybe in China, maybe in Denmark. But you are a part of the ummah. Light upon light, nurun ala nur. This is so important. If I take the other tadabbur, which is, it is the light of the individual with the light of the law. This is a religion of law and order. Sharia of Allah. Of course, we are here as a minority in this country. We are not even trying to apply the Sharia in a non-Muslim country. But there is an aspect of the Sharia that we can apply on ourselves individually here, which is to stick to what Allah told us, that it's halal, and to stay away from anything haram. But the issue again here is that it's not all about faith. Faith alone is not enough. If someone has faith, is he like that saved? This is the Christian uh, belief. That if you believe, they tell you, if you believe in Jesus as your Lord, you're saved. Okay, what if I, God forbid, believe in Jesus as Lord? What can I do next? Nothing, just stay like that. Okay? My life, yeah, you're saved like that. Uh, can I do anything? No, just you have to stay like that until you die. You see, it's static, not fruitful. But if you believe that La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah are you saved, 
No, not yet. Why? Because Allah said, الصالحات, You have to believe and do good work. Okay, now I did some good work. I gave charity. Is it enough to be saved? No, because maybe Allah did not accept it. Maybe your intentions were not pure. So what can I do then? Do more good work with and make sure that your intention, as much as you can, are pure. Okay, I will smile in the face of my brothers and sisters, which is a form of charity. This is good work. Is it, am I saved? Nobody knows. Keep doing good work. So you believe and you keep doing good work all the time. So this is dynamic and fruitful. Light upon light. The laws tell you how to act all the time. You cannot have this as law that uh, your Lord have made everything halal for you. Like Paul said to the Christians, this is, that's why they have that the pork is haram in their book, but they can eat it because Paul told them from now on, since you believe in Jesus, everything is okay. Come on. Light upon light. The light of the, the, the individual, the faith of the individual with the work and the deeds. Oh, this verse says, this part of the verse says, God guides whoever he will to his light. Okay, it's, it's about God guiding people and other people not. God guides some people and makes other people go astray. Allah says in another surah, فَمَا لَكُمْ فِي الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِئَتَيْنِ وَاللَّهُ أَرْكَسَهُمْ بِمَا كَسَبُوا أَتُرِيدُونَ أَنْ تَهْدُوا مَنْ أَضَلَّ اللَّهُ وَمَا يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَلَنْ تَجْدَ لَهُ سَبِيلًا Allah here says to the believers, Why are you divided in two about hypocrites when God himself has rejected them because of what they have done? Do you want to guide those that God has left to stray? This is the translation, but the word in Arabic doesn't say so. It doesn't say that God has left us. It means, it means exactly, literally, do you want to guide those whom Allah made them go astray? So Allah makes people go astray, by the way. That's a misconception. How can Allah make some people go astray and guide other people and then hold them accountable? Allah makes people some people go astray, but not on personal basis. There's nothing like everybody whom uh, their names start with a K will go astray. There's nothing like that. Or everyone living in E15 will go astray. There is nothing like that. But Allah spoke about types of people who will go astray. Like Al-Fasiqeen, al khaini for example, in Surah Yusuf, God does not guide the mischief and the treacherous. So it is about you. You can make yourself among the treacherous or not. So Allah said that the fasiqeen, that the dhalimeen, that the khainin will go astray. But you can get yourself in those groups or not. So again, it's you who can get yourself into the guided group or the group, the, the astray group. God does not guide any ungrateful liar. So Allah have made ungrateful liars go astray. 
but it's you who can get yourself with the group of ungrateful liars or not. It's, it's um, again, I know that that was like too deep maybe, or some people may think that I'm a little bit super superstitious. It, it's, it's up to you. I, it's, I'm not saying that what I'm saying is right. I'm telling you this is my tadabur and the tadabur of someone else that we started to reflect upon the verse because it was astonishing that in some verses, the verse, which is a very short verse, is explained in some books of tafsir in 36 pages, and this verse wasn't. It's an amazing verse, but the tafsir cannot give you more than just literal meanings. But we need to reflect upon it. Try to reflect upon it. Try to find anything else. More. And then verse number 36 says, Shining out in houses of worship, God has allowed that they be raised high, houses of worship, be raised, God allowed that they be raised high and that his name be remembered in them with men in, celebrate, in them celebrating his glory morning and evening. So actually mosques were not built because anyone built them. Mosques were built because Allah allowed them to be built. If you participate in, in building a mosque, then it's Allah who allowed this to be built. And you are like helping yourself only. Without you, still the mosque was going to be built there. It's the permission of Allah. Whether you want or not, whether you participate or not. That's what subhanAllah. The Prophet says, Man bana masjidan lillahi ta'ala, bana Allahu lahu baytan fil jannah. Allah, the Prophet says that the one who builds a mosque for Allah, Allah will build for him a house in paradise. This is in case of a mosque in Pakistan, mosque in Saudi Arabia, mosque in Egypt, mosque in Morocco, where people need mosques. But what about mosques here? It's just, it's not a need, it's a necessity. It's a place where we can, you, you see how many activities are in, that, in this mosque and other mosques? It's a school, it's a madrasa, it's a jinn, it's, a, it's many things. It's a place where people meet. It's a place to socialize. It's where we pray jama'ah together. It's where we learn. It's in many things. It is where we protect our identity as Muslims. Deep inside, I believe that giving charity to mosques or building mosques in non-Muslim countries is much more rewardable than building mosques in Saudi Arabia or in Egypt or in Pakistan or Bangladesh, of course. <sighs> and Allah says, يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ فِيهَا بِالْغُدُوِّ وَالْآصَابِ That there are people making tasbih in it. He didn't say every week or every, more, every uh, month. He said, day and night which means that you should not you're not allowed to forget Allah day and night keep him in mind 
day and night, stay connected. When you forget him, you just pull the, bl the plug. You are unplugged. Without Allah, you are unplugged. So Allah here speaks about those people whom in mosques they keep remembering Allah day and night. It's like an electricity which is actually charging your heart with Iman. So that you can always be walking in the light, in the nur. If you unplug yourself, then you are turning off your lights. Keep your lights on. Allah then speaks about the people who pray in these mosques. He says, رِجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْعٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِيتَاءِ الزَّكَاةِ يَخَافُونَ يَوْمًا تَتَقَلَّبُ فِيهِ الْقُلُوبُ وَالْأَبْصَارِ Men who are not distracted. By the way, the word رِجَال. رَاجِل means someone walking on two feet. It stands for both men and women. That's why the right translation is men. The word man, man or men, means men and women. <coughs> but when you say the men, you mean only the males. Men who are not distracted with either, either by commerce or sales from remembering God, keeping up the prayer and paying the Zakah, prescribed alms, fearing a day when hearts and eyes will turn over. Just when Allah says, men who are not distracted either by commerce or sales from remembering God, which means that those are people who know their priorities. It's okay to be trading, it's okay to be a salesman, but this should not distract you from remembering God, which means you know your own priorities. Here Allah is talking to us about being balanced in knowing our priorities. So when I see this verse, I feel like, because Allah did not say that I am not distracted by gambling and wine. He didn't mention haram things, he mentioned halal things, commerce and trade, which means that these things are halal. And I can focus on them, but I should not focus on them more than I'm focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and about my relationship with him, and about my iman. Because most of our problems in this ummah are because of the non-balanced priorities. We just, sometimes we focus on things, even when we come to learn about religion, we focus on things sometimes that are less prior than other things. And this is really troubling because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Kahf, وَإِنَّا لَجَاعِلُونَ مَا عَلَيْهَا صَعِيدًا جُرُزًا One day I will make everything on earth nothing but a dry, coarse sand. If you want to keep focusing on money, cars, houses, jewelry, it's up to you. All this, its real value is just zero. Zero value. The true value work and get and actually collect money that's good but don't make this more important than allah and use it to to support your your ummah 
So don't make the money and the world pleasures something in your heart. Make it just in your hands. So if you lose it one day, you don't just like have a heart attack. You say, It's not really a disaster. The disaster is in your faith. If you lose your faith, that's a, the real disaster. And subhanAllah, reflect upon this. Allah says, like a niche in which there's a lamp. And here he says, speaks about mosque in which there are men who are focusing on remembering Allah. This maybe uh, strengthens my tadabbur about the surah that talks about turtle Allah nur samati al Because here I'm trying to relate the mishkah in which there's a lamp. And here Allah is speaking about houses of worship in which there are men. So maybe the mishkah is the house of worship, maybe. And why are those men doing that? Focusing on the worship of Allah day and night and remembering Allah. <coughs> Allah in verse number 38 says, so that God, so that, so that God will reward such people according to the best of their actions and he will give them more of his bounty. God provides limitlessly for anyone he wills. So people who come to the mosques to keep remembering God day and night, do that so that God may reward them. Actually, God chose you from among the people in East London to be here remembering God so that he rewards you. And rewards you how? According to the best of your deeds. This can mean two things. Either Allah rewards you the good deeds that you're doing or according to the best of your deeds. And I explained this last time. Again, quickly, it means that when you come on the day of judgment and the first thing that you are questioned about is your salah. Okay, in your records, it says that you should have prayed 24,566 salah. If you are uh, qualified to be rewarded according to the best of your deeds, the angels will look in your records about the best salah that you performed. And if they find that it is Salat al-Isha on uh, the 14th of Ramadan, for example, in the year 1436, because that salah, you made wudu at home, you came to the mosque, you salamit salah with and you cried and Allah accepted it, or the rest, the rest 24,465 salah will all be upgraded as good as the salah. Next, Saul, how many days did he has to uh, fast? And 943, which one was the best? That day, upgrade all the rest. When we say that Allah is Al-Kareem, one of the names of Allah is the generous one. Don't think that he's as generous as your uncle. 
He's extremely generous to them to an extent that you cannot imagine. Unimaginably generous. Unimaginably generous. Verse number 39. But the deeds of those who disbelieve are like a mirage, like a mirage in a desert. The deeds of those who disbelieve are like a mirage in a desert. A thirsty person thinks there will be water, but when he gets there, he finds only God who pays him his account in full. God is swift in reckoning. <coughs> That's an amazing example. Nearly all tafsirs will tell you that this verse talks about the kuffar. Because Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا It talks about disbelievers. The, their deeds are like a mirage in a vast desert. So the tafsir will tell you that the kuffar will come on the day of judgment and will think that their good deeds that they did in their life, and they, did, they do a lot of good deeds, by the way, and we all know that. So they think on the day of judgment that this will help them. It's a mirage. They think it's water. It will help them. And then when, it, when the day of judgment comes, they find nothing. The good deeds are not there. Because they were not done for the sake of Allah. And it doesn't, it doesn't help them. And they only find Allah, and Allah gives them their... Uh, pays them their account in full. But when you do tadabbur, the word kafar doesn't only mean disbelief. The word kufr can either be disbelief or ungratefulness. Because there is iman and kufr, faith and disbelief, or belief and disbelief. But there is also shukr, Thankfulness and kufr, which is unthankfulness. Fir'aun in the Quran tells Musa, In Surah Al-Shu'ara, he tells him, And you did, you committed your crime that you committed when you were kafir, among the kafirin. He means among the ungrateful people because he brought him up in his palace, he thought that he should be grateful, but Musa still felt that he belongs to the sons of Israel, which was the Muslim Ummah at that time. Huh? So when he saw one of them fighting with a Copt, who was a, uh, a worshipping worshiping, uh, from the people of Pharaoh, worshipping idols, he fought with the Muslim, with, the sons of, with the one of the sons of Israel. So here Pharaoh looks at Moses as someone who is committing a kufr, which is ungratefulness. The verse before this one talks about what? Men in mosques, remembering Allah, talking about Muslims, who are grateful and remembering Allah. 
where are is Allah going is Allah not going to mention those who are Muslims but are not remembering Allah are not un, are not grateful enough to Allah so when I see this verse I see that it, it can only it can also mean Muslims who are ungrateful so the word even وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا here if you look at the context itself it can mean Muslims who are ungrateful to Allah أَعْمَالُهُمْ their deeds كَسَرَابٍ بِقِيعَةٍ like a mirage in a vast desert a thirsty person will think that it is water I'm telling you this because I lived this verse before. Before I was, I, I, I started to focus on the Quran and so on, I was like caught up in, in what's happening when I was young. And I was Muslim still, but I thought that there are some deeds that if I do, it will relieve, relieve the depression. So these things are not good deeds. There were bad deeds. So there are some bad deeds where that when some Muslims do thinking that it will relieve, they do it and still it doesn't relieve. So it was all like a mirage. Heavy metal and whatever things that smoking and stuff like that. People do that to relieve the depression and still when they finish this thing the depression returns back multiplied by 20 100 it was like thirsty people who are doing these things thinking that it's water but it was nothing and we you only find Allah and he gives you he pays you your account you can be punished or if you don't wake up quickly and open your eyes and see the light Next verse is amazing. Always look at the contrast in the Quran. You see, we started with a verse that talks about Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. His light is like a niche in it. There's a lamp. The lamp is in a glass. The glass is like a glittering star. And the, the lamp is lit from a blessed tree. Huh? This is totally the opposite. Talks about darknesses. This verse says, Or like darknesses in a deep sea covered by wave upon wave with clouds above layer upon layer of darkness if he holds out his hand he is scarcely able to see it the one to whom God gives no light has no light at all see the the, the contrast subhanallah compare this to the verse which is full of light upon light lamp star olive oil about to ignite without any fire touching it 
with this one that talks about darkness above darkness, depth in the sea, and even when you, to, you reach an extent that when you get your hand out, you cannot even see it. Subhanallah. Compare this and see the beauty of the Quran. Quran talks about Jannah and Nar, light and darkness. <coughs> and here, in verse number 35, the one that talks about light, Allah said, God guides whoever he will to his light. In this verse number 40, that talks about darknesses, Allah did not end it with a dark, with darkness. Ended it with light again by saying, The one to whom Allah gives no light has no light at all. So Allah spoke about darkness, but in a positive way here, talking about the light. The one whom Allah does not give light has no light, which means has darkness. So the verse which Allah talked about darkness, above darkness, above darkness, ended it with light, talking about darkness. Finishing it. I think we, we, we need to stop here actually. Verse number 41 will be next time, inshallah. But I, I hope you just, if, even if you don't agree with what I say, just try to taste the taste of reflection upon the Quran, the tadabbur, wallahi, brothers. Ramadan is. Inshallah, less than two months from now. Focus on the tadabbur of the Quran, the reflection upon the meanings. Don't mind much the amount or the number of verses that you read every day heedlessly. Even if one verse, but spend time, spend an hour reflecting upon every word, trying to link it with the verse before, with the verse after. This is much more beautiful. 